Welcome to the Africa Rights Talk podcast, a Center for Human Rights podcast series, hosted by Victoria Amechi. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Ompachamano. And I work with the Expression, Information and Digital Rights Unit at the Center for Human Rights. I would like to welcome you all to our discussion on digital rights in Southern Africa with a special focus on Lesotho. To share her experience or rather the status of digital rights in Lesotho, we have the highly esteemed Wakangli Litunya from the Ministry of Justice. But prior to me giving her the opportunity to introduce herself, allow me to give a brief background of the project. The Center for Human Rights undertook a study and released a report titled The Digital Rights Landscape in Southern Africa. The report came into being after the COVID-19 pandemic exposed the digital gaps in Southern Africa. Whilst acknowledging the adverse impact that race, class, and gender has on African nationals accessing their digital rights, we can safely say that in as much as the opportunities have, moved, have improved significantly, access to digital services and digital technologies are still fraught with numerous challenges. For example, the lack of infrastructures due to the lack of investments, the cost of data being exorbitant, journalists and activists being arrested for speaking out on, on online platforms, the prevalence of violence against women and children and other vulnerable groups online, and lastly, the proliferation of misinformation or disinformation. As you can tell, it seems like the challenges are endless. To gauge or rather to summarize what you can expect from the report, which is a pure assessment of the status of digital rights in Southern Africa, you can expect themes such as access to the internet, privacy and data protection, regulation of emerging technologies. And what is notable here is that new or rather the existing or new laws that have been developed do not adequately protect human rights in the digital age and then lastly we have restriction on freedom of expression media freedom and regulation as a result of the prolonged internet shutdowns and digital inclusion Due to the project being both research and advocacy based, we have held various trainings and capacity building workshops for monthly stakeholders such as civil society organizations, national human rights institutions, various government officials and parliamentarians. This was done with the aim of advancing the international human rights principle that the same rights that people have online should be protected online. This was done with the aim of advancing the international human rights principle that the same rights that people have offline should be protected online. And this is where we got to be acquainted with Ms. Wokang Litunya. I look forward to tackling some of the challenges that were briefly highlighted. Without further delay, Wokang, thank you for availing yourself and welcome to the podcast. Can you kindly provide us with a brief introduction about yourself and the work that you do? Thank you very much and good morning. Um, my name is Wokang Litunya Hukang. I am a legal officer in the Ministry of Justice, Law and Parliamentary Affairs. Um, 
particularly in the Human Rights Unit. I have worked here since 2008. I joined this unit from the magistracy as I worked in the, as the magistrate before. Now our duties in the unit are to promote, protect and monitor human rights in Lesotho. So we do that through various ways like um, dissemination of uh, human rights to the public. We do that through um, media sports. Sometimes we do receive complaints from the public on human rights issues. And then we do referrals to where their human rights violations could best be um, resolved. Apart from that, as a way of monitoring the, the human rights situation in the country, um, the unit is also responsible for compiling human rights state party reports. And um, we have done, I know that, you know, Lesotho has, has ratified all the nine core human rights uh, conventions or instruments. And, uh, but unfortunately, we are lagging behind in our reporting. So that's that's about what I do. Or another thing is that I've also served as a board member of the Lesotho Communications Authority, which is a regulator in the communications sector. And that was for the period of um, 2015 to 2018. Thank you very much. Thank you, Bakam, for that brief introduction. It is a privilege to get to know you and the work that you are doing um, to advance human rights in Lesotho. So let's get into it. Um, I think the first question that I would like to uh, give to you would be, what is your understanding of digital rights? Um, thank you very much. This subject, however, I, I must admit that it is more suited to a particular ministry, and that is the Ministry of uh, Communications, Science and Technology. But as the Human Rights Unit, we oversee all human rights, but with technical expertise from uh, relevant line ministries. So in trying to uh, respond to some of the questions, I might not have the uh, technical know-how, but um, maybe I can give a, a, a general picture of, of what it is. So to respond to your first question, I believe that um, digital rights are those human and uh, legal rights that permit people to have access um, to communicate on on devices like computers or cell phones or iPads, etc. And in that way, these rights would also allow such people to create and, and use and or publish their information on the 
on these networks or on the internet. And then these rights are closely linked to the freedom of, of speech, freedom of expression, and the right to, to privacy. So examples of um, these rights would, like I've just mentioned, would be the freedom of expression and people's right to information and communication and the right to privacy and data protection. So as we know, with all other rights, there comes uh, responsibilities and therefore with digital rights, there would be responsibilities such as issues around um, ethics, issues of empathy, and many others that are meant to ensure that there's a safe and responsible um, digital environment for all people so that they engage meaningfully and constructively. So the responsibilities, I would say, um, touch on most on the intellectual property rights, such as um, we know that when you use or share the work of other people without their prior consent, that is not allowed. So it means one would have the responsibility to seek uh, such permission. Um, people will need to follow the rules or the codes of conduct um, in that site or on the internet site that they are uh, surfing through. And also there'll be a responsibility to report any other inappropriate use of dig digital resource, perhaps like um, cyberbullying, one needs to, when, whenever they, they, it occurs and one is aware, they may have to take the responsibility and uh, make sure that they report such. And even other threats, we know all other um, crimes that, that come with um, the digital uh, internet. Thank you. Thank you, Wakang, for that detailed reflection of your understanding of digital rights. You touched on various topics and in essence, you mentioned how digital rights are an extension of human rights for the internet age. You mentioned um, the rights such as freedom of speech, expression and information and the right to privacy and data protection. And then you further went to mention responsibilities. So. Based on your understanding of digital rights uh, and the responsibilities that are required from state and non-state actors, what would you say is the status of digital rights in Lesotho? Okay. Um, first of all, I, I would um, say that our constitution entrenches the fundamental human rights in its chapter two. We see that these freedom of expression and the right to privacy and others are contained therein. But as, as you are aware, I know that we don't have any specific law 
that gives effect to the constitution regarding these particular rights um, that would make people enjoy their digital rights. And as such, I would say that the protection of these rights is somewhat unstable because there is no policy or law that is governing or regulating. <clears throat> but in general, um, people who are willing to know or with knowledge can access and use um, internet if they have a computer or a cell phone of their choice. But the problem is that the issue of people affording to, to have um, the, the internet, affording to have the devices that will allow them to have the internet. And we see that more in the urban areas, people, we can say that people in the urban areas are the ones who are more into the use of um, internet and thus um, they exercise their digital rights. But when you compare to the rural areas, especially those remote, remote rural areas, you will find that um, there is not much uh, use of the, the internet. And this is the number of factors like um, access to electricity, access to the BTSs, you know the terrain of our country, they are put on the mountains and sometimes these uh, mountains are hindering the coverage. So it's, it's really due to a number of um, reasons that the, the terrain in the rural areas um, bars people from getting the quality signal where they can afford to have um, the internet, the data that allows them to get to the internet. So you'll find that the, the challenges I think that we have are, which, which is just some of the challenges that we, we experience, you'll find that there is not much um, dissemination of information of, on these rights by those responsible, meaning us, maybe we are not reaching as far as we should and could. The line ministry, like I've said, the Ministry of Science and Technology and other stakeholders in, in this communications sector. So, and in general, human rights is a very um, technical subject and therefore it would need the expertise of people in the sector to, to disseminate such information. While I'm on that dissemination, you'll find that where there is, um, maybe our people in the rural areas cannot benefit much because most of the information is in English and it's not everybody who can read English or understand English, therefore it talks to a number of other issues like literacy, education, so there are a lot of um, challenges. Another one would be that if, if, if we had some information maybe that is simplified 
that is in our local language that is um, that could assist people especially in the rural areas to know what we are talking about when we talk about digital rights what we talk about what we talk about when we talk of freedom of expression and the right to privacy and the digital rights so another challenge would be that of affordability that i have already uh, alluded to affording the devices which would assist one to have access to the internet such as their um, cell phones or computers or even um, accessing affording to go to where there's internet like internet shops some people cannot even afford that and therefore i think um we cannot say that the coverage has really um, covered all parts of Lesotho, but I think it's mostly in the city centers or the town centers where we see that. And also, um, I've also mentioned it, the fact that we don't have uh, policies or laws that, are, that regulate these rights you will find that the use and the protection is somewhat unstable and therefore we see some hindrance on, on people accessing or having the interest to even um, join others and uh, have access to, to internet in order to enjoy their digital rights. Thank you. Thank you, Wakang. So, you mentioned that there is no legal right to digital um there's no legal right to digital rights in lesotho due to the lack of policies mm. uh, and that that protection is unstable you mentioned something that was quite interesting to me um the contrast between people living in rural areas and the ones living in urban areas and when we speak about digital rights we have to speak about digital accessibility bearing in mind or bearing that in mind to what extent has Lesotho achieved universal affordable and meaningful access to the internet i think that there there are great strides to have um improve the digital infrastructure in Lesotho um, and the adoption of use of technology is still lagging. This means that we, we are trying to, it's, it's like we are trying to balance. We are trying to improve the infrastructure in order that we have the universal coverage. But at the moment, I cannot say we have uh, reached that universal coverage because as as mentioned earlier the bts's do not cover much of the areas especially in the remote rural areas and that means not everyone in the in those areas can access internet and um, we have also seen that in schools especially during the covid-19 pandemic we could not see the use of um, internet in, in schools because lack of um, infrastructure and also 
in some schools in the areas, in the remote areas, we know that there's no electricity and the two have to be there for, for one to get um, to use the, the internet. And I think um, on the issue of affordability, then it means that the cost of devices, the data, the electricity, all these come with costs that most people cannot um, afford. And even those that are in the urban areas, you'll find that they have challenges. They cannot be on the internet as regular as one would be expected to in order that they get um, uh, the fruits to using internet. So I think that also talks to the meaningful access because when you cannot afford either data, the device, the electricity, then it means that the whatever is there is not so meaningful to you. So to, to a certain extent, I would say that in the cities or towns, the, there is um, not much of the challenges. But when you get to the remote rural areas, you'll find that then there are issues. And also you'll find that even the, the working class, the middle class uh, people can still not afford to be on the internet on a daily basis or as regularly as, as one would think um, they need to be. There has been, there is the SDG 9, target 9C, which talks to the, the issue of um, the universal, affordable and meaningful access to internet as well and other uh, communication uh, methods. But I think as Lesotho, we, we even um, lost the opportunity during the COVID-19 to, to improve. Maybe it was due to lack of um, funds to make sure that we um, try to cover as much as we do. I know that um, much school, most schools or most schools were, were connected with Wi-Fi and internet then, but you'll find that now such schools are facing the challenge of um, affording to keep up with the cost of having or continuing with the access that they have. So you you find that really, really, really weak. I cannot say that we have achieved that um, universal, universal, affordable and meaningful access. Although the Social Communications Authority, I know that it is um, assisting to connect, like having the, they call it the, Universal Service Fund, that is the fund they use to get the BTSs to these other places and to connect schools with the internet. I know that other service providers also um, do try to assist, but even though it is improving, I believe, I think we still have, we still have not achieved, we still have not achieved this universal and meaningful access to internet. Thank you. Thank you so much, Bokan. I feel like you've mentioned the challenges that we have faced, but 
before I ask um, you the following question, the next question, can you kindly clarify what a BTS is? In our language, we call it Dora. These big uh, poles that allow one to to access the internet. Uh, thank you so much for that clarification. Uh, thank you. I feel like you touched on a lot of um, issues when it came to uh, Lucy to achieving universal, affordable, and meaningful meaningful access to the internet. You mentioned the challenges that kids face during COVID-19 and how Lesotho has now changed or rather implemented policies that allowed for internet to be provided to schools. But bringing it back to or rather trying to centralize it, what would you say are the challenges that vulnerable and marginalized groups, especially women, persons with disabilities and sexual minorities face um, in phase when it comes to accessing the internet in this suit uh, thank you very much for that question um it is it is more important because we, we in all our um, human rights um, work we hope not to leave anyone behind so we know that um, internet does help people with getting facts, getting figures, getting information and, and knowledge, either for personal, social or economic development. And if people cannot get or access such information, then it means that um, there are serious challenges. So I think these vulnerable groups or marginalized groups face more challenges when it comes to accessing internet and this is more so because we know that um, internet is now an easier way of communication which is um, faster than the old ways where we used um, letters which would take um, some days before it reaches the recipient and also the recipient uh, writes back in response or reply and then it takes another days to get to the sender to get the response so i think um in trying internet has really tried to make things easier but you found that these groups have or face much, much um, issues of uh, or challenges for accessing, for affording, and also perhaps that of literacy. Because I said that most of these vulnerable or marginalized groups will find them in the remote, remote rural areas. So. If I make an example, while other groups may be able to move to get to a close uh, place where they can get signal to these um, these transformer stations or the BTSs, you will find that um, a disabled person who cannot walk properly, who cannot even see, then they don't have that 
means of making it easier for themselves. You will find that on the way to these, um, to get closer to places where they can access the internet, they get uh, targets of crime. And this makes the challenges even more or even worse than any other person. Because, like I've said, while others may have the option maybe to move to towns or cities where we know that there are no issues of electricity or internet shops, they can access the internet there, you'll find that these people, because of their vulnerability and they cannot afford the transport cost that will get them to town. And if they do have the transport cost, when they get to town, they have no cost to cover the internet service at the shops. So you see that for, their, for, for the marginalized groups, then there are more challenges than any other uh, any other person and um, if we could have this information the facts and the figures in a language that could be understood by everyone the language for instance if we talk of the, the disabled if we could have this information in braille if we could have um a simplified um, way of having communications and material for other people, then I think it will it will make them um, access the internet. And I think also some of them, some of these groups, um, may lack interest in trying to access the internet services because of um, these factors that I have um, already uh, enunciated, like, like they know that there's no accessibility, they cannot um, move to where they can access, there is no, um, they cannot afford the costs to, to cover these um, internet services or the data, they cannot afford to have the devices that will assist them, they are not even literate in such use. So I think um, in, in, in a nutshell that the challenges that they face are bigger than those for those that um, uh, anyone else do have, although um, we still have the challenges for everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much, um, Wakang. That was quite a touching um, answer. So, looking at the con uh, the the, the metrics of oppressions, I fully agree with you. Uh, marginalized communities tend to experience more. Uh, they tend to be to experience being left behind more. They tend to experience various uh, methods of oppression as compared to the general public you touched on the challenges that people in rural areas face and you mentioned landscape as 
uh, factor. You also mentioned digital literacy and you place emphasis, you've been placing emphasis on affordability and accessibility of internet um, and accessibility to the internet. Whilst uh, bearing this in mind, to what extent would you say um, rural communities have been included in the digital age uh, and what has Lisa to done to actually give people um, interest to be included within the digital age? You mentioned as one of the factors that some of those mar uh, marginalized and vulnerable communities might not even want to be included as a result of the lack of interest which comes or which whilst looking at it we can see that it comes from the lack of information what extent has Lesotho or what programs has Lesotho been implementing to ensure that rural communities are included in the digital age um, and to respond to this one I think in in, in general like I've already uh, said Internet is still not widely available, or we can say that it is almost non-existent in the rural areas due to uh, various factors such as the lack of communications infrastructure. We know we, we talk of computers, we talk of um, devices like the cell phones and um, the many others. We also talk about um, the high costs that are uh, related to making this infra infrastructure available or accessible. Um, that would, for example, include um, developing the road networks and due to our terrain in Lesotho, you'll find it is very heavily costly to um, have a road network to develop one and maintain it. And it is very heavy to um, set up a base transformer station, the BTS. So I think, uh, and even to connect the uh, electricity in the rural areas. So I think even though we have these challenges, we see some of them being addressed because um, electricity and people in the rural communities are being connected and, and there are related, related costs to, to, to have um, the use of that electricity is being lesser than um, those in the urban areas or even none. It doesn't come with costs. But um, I think the issue of the BTS is because it, it, it is really heavy on the government. And the development of road networks is really heavy on the government. And that is why maybe we don't see or it doesn't seem as though there is much that is being done because each financial year you'll find that maybe two bts's have been put up while one would have thought maybe they would have put uh, like 10 uh, bts's so i think 
I think the rural communities are still on the way to getting the connection so that they are included. But um, the process is still ongoing and we have to understand that it is very costly and whilst I'm not on the, or I, I, I don't work for the sector, I think what they have done up to now is, is really great and they have tried to include the rural communities and that is why I was talking about a way of, of other people maybe having to walk to where there is a signal and having to go to a shop maybe where there is an, an internet shop. So I think they are trying. It's just that the terrain itself also becomes a challenge and therefore the, the, the ministry that is responsible is also um, having these challenges as, as it works with the, uh, the Lesotho Communications Authority and also the network providers because some of them really try to find that they provide schools with um, a library that has internet so that um, kids can go there and access the internet. And you will find that at some of the government offices, there's a, a, a Wi-Fi, maybe they can go and access um, the internet. It's just that because of the challenges that are related to the rural communities, you will find that the, con the connection is still not stable and therefore it poses a challenge. But I think, um, we, we, we haven't left them, they, they are included, the government is trying and even um, the people themselves are trying to be included, to get included, to not be left behind. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wokang. Um, you touched on a lot of issues there and I'm just wondering, for those that are connected either in urban areas or in rural areas, what challenges do women and um, girls experience online? Um, I think we, we on this one, we have to agree and accept that internet has enabled everyone to achieve incredible, incredible things through transforming how we communicate with each other, how we collaborate, and with each other um, as a collective or individually um, but as in any other uh, aspect there are some challenges especially for women and girls and um, to this i would like to say that uh, this group face enormous um, online abuse this includes um, threatening messages you will find that there is sexual harassment. There are, especially for young girls, you'll find that their uh, photos are shared without their consent. And um, mostly it's private photos or videos and they haven't given permission. So as opposed to men, you, you, don't, you don't see 
much of, of the other uh, gender having such um, issues. We also see another challenge of um, internet um, forcing women out of jobs because of the um, challenges that I uh, alluded to earlier of sexual harassment or threatening or their private photos being shared without their permission and due to that they, they feel so embarrassed that they don't um, feel like they, they want to, to, to any longer go to, to their work while on the other hand the girls you find them you find them out of school because of that because they cannot face um their counterparts when they, they talk about what has happened on the internet in that way then um we see that the internet internet and um, silences women and girls and in in that way it deprives us inputs or their ideas because then they get shy to share their ideas they get shy to make their inputs and um i think it it also damages the relationships um and cause a very huge distress as it this also touches on the emotional and physical well-being of a person so you know women and girls uh, they face so much challenges another challenge is that when you look out on the internet you see a perfect world you see a perfect perfect um world to what you know so women and girls tend to compare their lives with those of others on the internet and in most cases you'll find that what is on the internet is not a true picture of what is what it is on the ground and therefore that um i don't know but it does make the the, the, the lives of uh, women and girls a bit a bit uh, harsh as they compare themselves it also um uh, forces people to disconnect from the real world you'll find that one is attached to the device they are using they are always on the internet they are stepping through this and that which may not even be of substance to them or add value to their lives and therefore they, they miss what is happening in the real world on the other uh challenge is that of because they are always glued to their um, devices and their computers you find them not having the physical um well-being they 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 they, they decrease in the physical and psychological well-being has to be noted because if one is seated there they don't and they don't um, have breaks and health breaks you'll find that um, we see a decrease in their physical well-being and even the psychological well-being because one has to balance the two um, we have seen a lot of crimes um, as i've said um, happening towards uh, women and girls we have seen them being trafficked through the internet sites. We have seen them being bullied, as we know, women and girls easily fall prey, and that's 
they are more targeted. So these crimes do affect them in more numbers like any other. So other crimes are like the the private photos like I've already mentioned, the pornography. They also are prone to get uh, pornographic images and we know that it is not good. There's sometimes, because sometimes it, it has violent images, they also face issues of their identity being stolen, the account, their accounts are being hacked, and there's a lot of cheating of women and girls that happens on the internet. And in, even in Lesotho, we have had uh, cases of, of, of women and girls having been trafficked, and it's more of women and girls. Um, although I don't have the statistics with me, I know that there are cases that are even before the courts, but um, fortunately we do have the law that is against trafficking of women and girls. So the online um, platforms do pose a lot of challenges for women and girls. Thank you. Thank you, Wokan. I truly agree with you. Uh, the internet has continuously enforced heteropatriarchy, and as such, women and girls have continuously been subjected to marginalization and various forms of oppressions, whether in public or in private spaces. Um, in line with your work, I am interested in knowing, or rather earlier you had mentioned that there's technically no legal right uh, to or no legal rights to digital rights in Lesotho. So the Declaration of Principles on Freedom of Expression and Access to Information in Africa mandates that mandates states to adopt legal and other measures to give effect to human rights. Um, what measures have been adopted through the Ministry of Justice in Lesotho to ensure that human rights are protected online and offline? Um, thank you very much. Um, our mandate as the Ministry of Justice and Law is to, like I've said, to promote protect and monitor human rights in the country in general. And um, in doing that, most of the times you'll find that we have to collaborate with other stakeholders in order for us to achieve our mandate. And there are obligations under various treaties, like the one you just mentioned, that uh, provide for the freedom of expression, the right to privacy, and uh, freedom of speech, amongst others. And we have seen our country giving effect to this and through the constitution. For the ministry to try to um, monitor this uh, aspect of uh, human rights, it's not just that declaration you have mentioned, it's also the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, which also alludes to these rights. You'll find them in the CEDO, the Convention Against Elimination of All Types of Discrimination Against Women, and the CRC, you mentioned that a few. So in, in trying to keep up with our obligations, as the Human Rights Unit, we oversee that um, 
the government does a report on the measures it is taking to implement these um, international instruments as these reports or in, in way of uh, compiling these reports assist the government to gauge where it is in terms of protecting and promoting human rights in general. So these are also included in the in, in our reporting. So because we don't have specific laws, that also helps because now we see where our uh, gaps are and therefore what needs to be done in order to try to uh, bridge the gap. So now the government is working on the establishment of the Human Rights Commission, which is going to be a home for human rights, including um, digital rights. And it's going to provide redress where the rights have been violated. Unlike at the moment when the, the Human Rights Unit where I work, we work on a mutual um, um, understanding and we refer cases and you find that because there is no legal uh, document, some of the uh, provided uh, redresses are not being implemented and people are still facing challenges. So, like I have said, the Human Rights Unit is open to the public and they can easily lodge their complaints on violations of their human rights and um, the unit will make referrals and in general we have seen people getting assisted when when such referrals are being made and uh, if there's, there's this mechanism that where one is still not satisfied with the assistance they got they can come back to us and um, we see what, what to do from there. We continue to do the awareness raising and educational campaigns on human rights. And in that, we uh, collaborate and uh, with other stakeholders in, in that are uh, more particular with in, in that uh, field. For instance, if we talk about the digital rights, will ensure that there are civil society organizations, there is the there is the line ministry of uh, communication, science and technology that is on board and we go out together as, as a collective to go and do the awareness and educational campaigns. We also commemorate the International Human Rights Day um, where we go to different uh, communities um, outside the urban areas to sensitize them of their human rights. And the treaties that Lesotho has um, signed, uh, the protocols, the declarations, and every other uh, document that uh, has their rights in, in it. So you'll find that as the ministry, we are leading other ministries to ensure that they mainstream the human rights in every aspect of their work and that is um, solely to ensure that there is the promotion and protection of human rights as well as monitoring of human rights so that each and everyone um, enjoy their rights so 
whenever we do this, we always and always allude to these online and offline uh, protection. Thank you. Thank you so much, Wokang. We have certainly reached the end of our conversation. Um, I'm sure that all of us uh, who have been listening now have an in-depth in understanding of the status of digital rights in Lesotho. Wokang, uh, whilst we are certainly parting ways, uh, I would just like to ask this. Whilst we are acknowledging that the internet penetration and the internet use in Lesotho sits at 48%. Majority of the people, or rather 52% of people remain offline, meaning that they do not have access to internet. What would you advise for the 48%? What advice can you give to the general public on how to have a healthy digital life for those that are connected? Thank you. Um, this is this is the question that I've been waiting for. <laughs> um, as I've already mentioned, internet. We have to admit it helps us to get the facts, the figures, the information, the knowledge, the truth, and the everything that we can for either personal use, for social and economic development. So that means each person that uses the internet has to benefit from it. And they, they can only benefit if it is used in a healthy way. In, 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 in that, that means that we all need to, we have to play our part to make it work for everyone. That is through respecting each other's rights on the internet, through assisting each other on the internet, giving um, correct information, giving um, heads on on whatever threats that we see on the internet so that um, those vulnerable could be assisted. And that means there's, there's a need for us all to ensure that we commit to making it safe for everyone. And it, that, that can only be through um, respecting each other on the internet, respecting each other's rights, and also respecting and making sure that we, we carry out our responsibilities because we know that each right comes with responsibilities. And this talks to both online and offline and um, it's it, it will be much easier if offline we do respect each other and uh, take care of each other that will easily um, lead to um, such respect even online and therefore we need to ensure that we are all um, cognizant of all the responsibilities that each and every rights, both online and offline, have because I think that is a major a major thing. Because once we respect, and that once we 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 are aware of our, the responsibilities that we have towards each other, both online or on offline, then um, the the work becomes easier, and that promotes a healthy use of internet and a healthy digital life 
um i think we are all um individually and collectively responsible to have our rights and uh, meaningful and enjoyable and we, we can we, we can only count on each other to make that happen and while we still uh, at at that um the fact that trying to make each other comfortable and healthy uh, a healthy digital life we have to also consider a healthy lifestyles like one cannot be uh, glued to the internet throughout the day we still have other um healthy lifestyles like exercise um like um you know to 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 just to uh, assimilate the information that we have just uh, gotten from the internet and also trying to share what we we have got from the from the internet to share with, with each other and in that way we will be promoting whatever the rights that we have gotten the knowledge we, we would have got and <clears throat> that would be for the benefit of us all because the the this cause of human rights is a responsibility of each and every one and that we must all try to do that responsibly and uh, respectfully and i think i think i've tried to uh, <laughs> respond to your question thank you thank so you. much okay I I totally agree. We do need to have communal and individual efforts um to ensure that we have a healthy digital lifestyle as well as balancing both our online and offline um lives. So ensuring that we have proper or rather healthy mechanisms would ensure that we have healthy digital lifestyles i totally agree so thank you so much for joining us today thank you the pleasure you just listened to africa rights talk podcast i hope you've enjoyed this episode 